we are the Armchair Superheroes, as you heard. Right now, it's just me. It's just Pat Lane. I'm here uh, because, as you saw from there, we're talking about Stephen King novels. Jeff, as we mentioned last episode, does not read Stephen King novels and so has not read any novels. And so maybe he's read some novels, but not any Stephen King novels. So here I am talking about Stephen King novels. It's going to be a fairly short episode, but uh, listen, I've read just about every single one of them. So I'm going to go through some of my favorites, and I'm also going to talk about uh, just some of the interesting things about King and why I love him so much. Um, I have, as I said, read pretty much every one of his novels. Some of the newer ones I haven't read. It might shock you to know that I haven't actually, I don't have much time to read, um, which I know is surprising since I have three kids and a wife and two podcasts and I write uh, and I have a full-time job at that too. Uh, So, you know, I have a lot of stuff going on. So I don't have I don't have a lot of free time to read uh, big huge novels anymore, but I'll get there again. Um, but he has some amazing books, okay. And I, I just think, to me at least, one of the things that separates King from other writers, and you know, I just feel like he is he talks about love and romance a lot more than you would expect, um, and talks about kind of the way that things are in relationships between people. It's not just scary stuff. Obviously, there are there there's tons of scary stuff in his books, and his books are generally fairly scary uh, for the most part. But the thing is, is that, you know, you look at what he writes, and if you read it, and you read it closely, and you really listen to what he's saying, and what the main topics are, and what's going on, He's really making an impression and talking really about, I think, in my opinion, you know, about romance and about love and about, you know, uh, you know, being together and family and so on and so forth. And so he does a lot of that. And, and it's it's a common theme that comes up over and over and over again. And it's something that that is just great and blows me away. So uh, some of my favorite stories, you know, from him, you know, Carrie was his first novel. He wrote it and threw it in the trash. Uh, he hated it, thought it was garbage, and his wife um, picked it up out of the trash and read it and was like, this is amazing, you need to submit this, it's unbelievable, uh, which he did, obviously, and it, you know, uh, another one, Pet Cemetery. Uh, he had a similar situation with his son, so Pet Se- in Pet Cemetery, the son, uh, the, well, the, I guess the dad is teaching in Maine, and they live on kind of kind of a main road, like a Route 1 type of, type of road. And uh, his, you know, his two-year-old son starts running towards the road, and there's a big Mack truck coming, and the guy's running after him, and he doesn't catch him, and and he gets hit by the truck and dies, and he, you know, buries his son, and he comes back, and everything else. But it was inspired by a real-life situation that happened with King. He was teaching in Maine, living on a road just like that, and his son, who was like two or three at the time, started running towards the road, and there was a truck coming down the road, and he's running after him, and he dove. And, you know, he said, he goes, I don't know if I got him or if he just tripped and fell, but he didn't make it. He didn't make it to the road. And so, you know, he, but he's like, I couldn't stop thinking about what if he had. And that's where the idea came from. And he said, when he finished the book, he was like, I've, I've just, I've gone way too far. I just, I can't, I can't release this. And so he, he actually locked it in his draw for like three or four years. And then one day was just like, this, it's just too good of a story not to tell and not to share. Uh, but it's just just one of those kind of amazing stories. So, uh, anyways, just just some some fascinating stuff there. Uh, Cujo actually was my first novel that I ever read. Shout out to to my boy Dave, hooked me up with with the book actually, and uh, it's just it, it's it's such a great book. And again, it, it's one of those things with King that he does so well, 
where it's it's a bad guy that isn't really a bad guy. The antagonist is the dog, but the dog is a good dog. He gets bit by you know um, by a rabid. Um, I believe it's I believe it's a, a bunny, or I can't remember to be honest with you, but I'm pretty sure it's a bunny. Um, but he gets ripped, bit, gets bit by something rabid, and become turns rabid himself, and and in because of that, he becomes the antagonist. But he's not really the antagonist; he is the protagonist. Well, not really the protagonist, but he's just he's a good dog who turns rabid, and you know that happens a lot in King stories where it's like it's not always the bad things. You know, it's not always like bad people that wind up being the antagonist, but it's like good people who either make some mistake along the way or something changes or transforms them in some way. And that's how they end up being the bad guy. So uh, interesting, but it's a great book. And so if you haven't read that one, that's a good one. If you're looking for starter books, right, if you haven't, if you've never read Stephen King before and you're looking for like a starter book, not a super long one, but a pretty good, uh, you know, pretty good story. He has a lot of short stories. And so, you know, you see some of the stuff that's out there, like, for instance, as an example, okay, Gerald's Game, which was, was released on, uh, I'm sorry, not Gerald's Game, because that's that was a, a full story. Shawshank Redemption um, was a short story. Uh, 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 the other one, At Pupil, was a short story. The Mist, which was a movie a few years ago, was also a short story. So he has collections of short stories as well that are very good, um, that a lot of people like a lot. And, and they're fairly quick reads because they're novellas or they're short stories. And so you can get through some of those as well. That's good. Uh, he does have a few collections of them, I think. The best one might be different seasons, um, but he does have a few different collections of them. And so uh, he also has uh, one of my favorites is is uh, the book uh, The Girl Who Loved Tom Gordon, which is, which is a very good one as well. Um, I like that one a lot. It's... Um, it's really just it's an interesting uh, it's an interesting story. It's it's a pretty quick read, but it's uh, it's it's interesting and and it revolves around you know the Red Sox and a girl gets lost in the woods and everything else and it's kind of you know it's it's a really interesting and fun book. But again, a quick read, not you know not one of his best books, but just a nice little starter into uh, into Stephen King and so. You know, and then you also have uh, the Bachman books, which are separate from Stephen King. Stephen King at one point, you know, decided like, listen, everyone loves me, but do they love me because I'm Stephen King or because I'm actually a good writer? So he started writing under a pen name, Richard Bachman. And the Bachman books, are, as a rule, are just darker. They're they're just very dark. And so The Running Man, which is a movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger, which has a very different ending in the book than it does in the movie, uh, Thinner which was also turned into a movie, The Long Walk, which is like one of the most messed up stories I've ever read. And it, I didn't love the book, but like the story behind it is just so insane. It's so ridiculous and so like just absolutely just terrible that you're like, oh my God, this is this is like really bad. Um, you know, just kind of the, the whole setup behind it and, you know, these kids going on this long walk. And I'm not going to spoil it for you, but it's, it's worth the read. Um, and then he also has... What's interesting is that Regulators is, is two books, Regulators, which was written by Richard Bachman, and Desperation, which is written by Stephen King, um, you know, have very similar characters, some of the same characters that pop up in the same two books, and so they were written kind of like concurrently. It was just interesting. So it's not, they're not necessarily prequels or sequels or anything like that, but it is a lot of the same characters that show up in each of the books, and so although it's not like necessarily prequel sequel type of thing 
it is definitely in the same universe. And so I think that at that point, people had kind of figured out that Richard Bachman was Stephen King, and so it wasn't like a secret anymore. But again, he did do some of those books originally um, under the Bachman name, and no one knew who he was, which was really interesting. And again, I mean, he's just King. Just a, he's and he's a, he's a different he's a different cat. Okay, so you know you get that going for you. So uh, another another thing that interesting that he's done, and he's kind of done this before, where like he'll release things on. Uh, he was one of the first people to to have an only uh, an ebook only release, where the release was just simply by ebook. Uh, and you, it was not available in stores, which I thought was really interesting because he was trying to build the eBooks back up. Okay, and then a few years back, uh, geez, probably four, five, six years back now, he released a story that was only available in stores and not online because he was worried that you know some of these bookstores were going out of business because no one was buying books anymore because everyone was buying them online. And so, you know, so he's kind of gone both ways with it, which is interesting. So. One of the things he did back in the 90s was wrote The Green Mile. And The Green Mile, obviously, was a movie that a lot of people have seen. It's a great movie, and it's a great story. And some people don't realize it's, it's a Stephen King story because, again, it's it's elements, not it's not horror elements. It's not very scary, but it has a lot of those same themes that I'm talking about with, like, love and, you know, there's different things going on and, and you know, like, what's right and what's wrong and who's the bad guy and who's the good guy and a lot of those kind of gray area types of things which King writes about a lot but he released it as a serial novel now serial novels were popular in the 50s and 60s where you'd write a a book and you know let's say it would come out in like seven different things right so like okay one month the book would come out you'd read it to the end and it would end on a cliffhanger and then the next week or the next month or whatever the next book would come out and you'd start reading again and it would pick up right back for where it left off. So he released it as a serial novel, which was really interesting. Now, I when I originally bought it, I bought it as a full set. I waited until it came out as the full set and bought it that way. Um, but, you know, just interesting different things that he does. Um, before I get into my favorites, two things I want to talk about just quickly. The Dark Tower series, number one. I just think the Dark Tower series is, is, is similar to, to Lord of the Rings. Okay, it's Stephen King's Lord of the Rings. It's not Lord of the Rings. It's, I don't want to say it's his best. It's not. It's not. I don't think it's his best work. I don't love it. It's seven books. But what he does so well and what he consistently does so well and what will come up here and there is his universe is is in itself. In other words, like, you'll see things pop up in other books where you're like, wait, I remember that guy. Or I remember, or like he'll mention a town or he'll mention like something that happened in Derry, you know, at this point. And you're like, oh my God, that's from this book. And so, and the Dark Tower kind of does that whole thing and it envelops the entire universe while being at sometimes off world, sometimes in our world. And so it's really kind of an interesting story it is well done. It's well written. It's fascinating. Um, I really enjoyed it. And again, it's seven stories. It's seven books, and they're all long books. They're not short books. Uh, but I thought it was worth it. And the ending, some people don't like the ending, okay? Some people don't like the And by the way, they came out with the Dark Tower movie, and the, I didn't mind the movie. The, the problem with the movie is that 
it just mashes a, like four of those books together, and it's just too much information. And I thought it was decent, right? Idris Elba and, and Matthew McConaughey was pretty good. It just, it didn't really have a flowing uh, like story. And part of the reason for that is because they just took so many stories and just jammed them all into one thing that was going on. So, you know, I, I it's hard, right? I mean, do you, you can't make, I mean, I suppose theoretically they could make a full series on just the Dark Tower and just do it over and over again. And, you know, kind of tell that story over, you know, the a full series, you know, four or five seasons or something like that. That's probably what it would take. But, um, you know, it's interesting. And the ending, a lot of people don't like the ending. And obviously, I'm not going to tell you the ending. But for people that have read the series before, I think the ending is, in my opinion, I think the ending is the perfect ending for the series of books. And there's reasons behind that. And I'm not going to explain those reasons to you. But if you've read it before, I think it's an interesting dialogue that we can have if you disagree, or even if you agree, I think the ending is is great. And so uh, there's a lot of different, uh, differing opinions about that. But I really enjoyed the ending. So Dark Tower series worth it. And also, uh, right outside my list of my favorites is the Mr. Mercedes trilogy. The trilogy with Mr. Mercedes is absolutely amazing. So that's Mr. Mercedes. That is uh, Finders Keepers is the second one. And the third one is End of Watch. And it is just, it's it's out of this world. It's really, really good. Um, I just thought that it was so well done. The first one caught me by surprise. I was shocked by it. I really enjoyed it. Finders Keepers was great. And then End of Watch was just as good. And so those three books, again, like, I mean, if I'm giving you like a top five or six or seven, like they're probably in it somewhere, right? That trilogy makes it. But again, to me, it's like you have to have all three. And so, uh, so anyways, so that's that. Okay. Uh, also on the top there is The Shining. And when I include The Shining, I have to include Dr. Sleep because Dr. Sleep is the sequel to The Shining. And I thought it was incredibly well done. Clearly it's coming out in a few weeks. Uh, and I'm very excited about the movie. And look, The Shining has a lot of different things, and I talked about it a little bit, um, you know, last time with Jeff about you know what what Kubrick changed about the movie, and I felt like he changed the tone of the book, you know, and the tone of what the book was really about. He changed that, and so that's why the movie, that's why King hates the movie, and that's why I didn't like the movie the first time I saw it, and I will never. I will never say to you it was a good adaptation of a King story because it wasn't, right? It, was, it might be a great movie, but it stands by itself. It has nothing to do with the book as far as I'm concerned. So um, so anyways, there's that. And then Dr. Sleep, I thought, was was uh, a great follow-up to it. Really kind of caught Danny, you know, years later, uh, you know, living different, living a different life than what maybe you would have thought he would have done. Or, I mean, maybe you could have seen it coming since all the trauma that he suffered when he was a kid. So... Um, but really, really fascinating story. Very well done, well written, scary, and so that's why I'm excited about the movie. So we'll see what happens. Uh, it's got to be on the list because it, you know, again, you have the two movies that just came out recently, which were both pretty good. You have the miniseries in the '90s, but the story and, and you know it was done. It was it's interesting because it was kind of done again in Dreamcatcher. I think King kind of did it again in Dreamcatcher, obviously with different situation, but you know it, it's. It's just a very well done book. And again, you you empathize with the characters. You get to know the characters. You start to love these characters. And the things they're going through all kind of brings it in. And 
they do a lot of what what the book does better than the movie is that they do a lot of flashing between the adults and the kids at the same time, uh, which obviously was would have been very difficult to do in the movie. But in the book, they do it pretty seamlessly, and it, it's a really good it's it's a fantastic book. So I'd definitely recommend it to it. Recommend it to you. Pet Cemetery I already talked about. You need to read it. You have to read it. It's an amazing book. If you maybe you don't maybe you like the movie, maybe you don't. I personally thought the original movie was kind of dumb. Uh, I haven't seen the new one yet, although I'd like to. I just haven't. I haven't had a chance to go see it. Uh, for me, there's three more on the list, so this is kind of my top three. Uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna put this one at number three is Salem's Lot. Uh, Salem's Lot is the scariest book I've ever read, and it's really not close. I read Salem's Lot when I was in high school. I literally slept with the lights on. I I I'm not lying to you. I'm not like I'm not being facetious. I'm not over exaggerating. I slept with the lights on while I was reading Salem's Lot. And even for like a few days to a week after I finished the book, I was still sleeping with the lights on. It absolutely terrified me to the point where I got the movie from the old VHS, VHS, maybe it was a DVD, but I think it was a VHS, from from the store, you know, video to go or whatever was around, Blockbuster, whatever was around me. I put it in there. The opening credits came on with the music and everything. I had to shut it off. I couldn't. I literally could not get through the opening credits. Like I'm not lying to you. I couldn't get through the opening credits. That book absolutely terrified me. Terrified me. Okay. There's one scene with the priest who comes back up in one in one of the uh, Dark Tower books. But there's one scene with the priest and the main uh, villain Barlow, who's who's like basically like the Dracula character, you know, the main um, uh, vampire. There's one scene between him and Father Callahan, who's the priest, which just, I mean, messed me up. It messed me up big time. So uh, if you're into scary stories, if you're into scary books, it's the scariest book I've ever read. It is. It, it is. It's the scariest book I've ever read, and I'm telling you, in high school, I'm not afraid. To, I'm not ashamed to admit it. I slept with the lights on. I did because I had to, and uh, man, it was, whew, it was, it was rough. And so, anyways, that's my number three. Uh, just a, a fantastic book, beautifully written, incredibly well told, but again, just absolutely terrifying. And so, uh, so that's number three for me. Number two for me is a fairly recent book. And it's eleven twenty two sixty three, and James Franco actually uh, had a show on Hulu. Never saw it. I wanted to see it. Finally, just got Hulu, so I, I'm going to have to go back and watch it. But it's the story is so it's just it's an absolute masterclass in writing. It is a masterclass in writing. The amount of detail that went into him writing this because it's a here's the plot line. Okay, the plot line is a teacher goes back in time to save JFK. That's the that's the plot line, okay? A guy goes back in time to save JFK, and that's what he does. That's what he tries to do, okay? So he transports himself back to the late 50s. So he's living in the U.S. in the late 50s. So not only did he do the research and, and make it, you know, put him in the correct time and really make it a, a, a legitimate period piece, but he also did his homework on... Oswald, right, and, you know, and Lee Harvey, he really, he did the work, and really, really put the time in, and kind of painstakingly went over and went through things to kind of figure out, like, 
what is going on here, right? And so, and that's the thing for me is that like it's just so well done, and it, you get transported. And I feel like with all this, with all the King stories, you get transported to where he's talking about. So whatever he's doing, when you walk into a room, he explains the little things that are on you know that are on the wall. And the thing is, is that what he does so well is is build that environment for you. He creates the scenery. Right, so you're in the universe with him, and that's really important. And he's able to do that in the United States in the early '60s. And so, you know, and maybe it's because he was old enough and he remembered some of it, and maybe it's through his research. I'm not sure, but all I can tell you is that he built the world convincingly, and he crushed it. And this book, and again, it's another one. The ending is amazing. It's just, it's so, so well done. And not only is it a great book and a very entertaining book, but when I finished it, I felt like it it left, it was thought-provoking. It left me with a lot of thoughts, with a lot of questions. It left me wanting to talk to someone about it. And so I thought that that was, you know, really interesting as well, where it wasn't just like, while wow, it was a great story, which I felt that as well, obviously, but it was... I need to talk to someone about this because it's so different and so well done and so thought-provoking that I have to speak to someone about it. So that's number two for me. And number one, with a bullet, anyone that's read Stephen King will tell you this is his best book. My opinion, it's one of the best books ever written. I believe, I honestly believe that Stephen King is the greatest novelist, certainly of the 20th slash 21st century. Uh, he's just, he's amazing. And, and maybe not the 21st century. I will tell you the 20th century for sure. He's the best novelist of the 20th century. I, I just, I'll put him up against anyone because it's not just the sheer volume of stuff that he's written, but it's the way he's written it and every single one of his books. I haven't, I have yet to read one of his books that's been bad. I haven't read one, okay? And so, um, you know, every single one of his books is great, but The Stand is his best and you know one of my favorite books of all time probably my favorite book of all time if I had to tell you now I've only read it once because it's 2200 pages okay it's extremely long and I uh, I teared up at the end not because of the ending but because I felt like I had grown to know the people in the book I had grown to know those people in the story and I was living in that world with them. Again, King transports you into this world and you're there. And these people are like your friends when you're there. And the book ends and you're like, well, that's it. I'm never going to see those people again. I'm never going to talk to those people again. And so clearly, you know, you're not having actual conversations with them, but you're there with them in this world, experiencing the things that they're experiencing. It's so incredibly well done. And, and you know, basically, here's what happens, okay? Here's the story. There's an epidemic, a pandemic in the world, and basically most of the world is is uh, is eliminated, okay? It's killed off. And so you're left with good guys and you're left with bad guys, and they're scattered all around. Uh, and in this case, you know, it's basically just the U.S., but they're scattered all around the U.S., and they start going towards major hubs to where they're going. There's one major hub where the good guys are and one major hub where the bad guys are. And so all these people that are good guys, you know, quote unquote good guys that could basically get called to this good place, start traveling. And then 
the bad people get called to this bad place and they start traveling. And then some of the stories intertwine as they go and they get there and they prepare for this big battle. And it's just, it is, it's the scope of it. The scale of it is amazing. And it got to a point where it was so long that when he originally released it, they said, no one's ever going to read this. They cut three or 400 pages out of it. They were like, no one's going to read this whole story. And so the complete uncut version is the version you have to read. It is just, it's absolutely amazing. And again, it's one of those things where you read it and you're just like, what he's trying to undertake, the story he's trying to tell, it's almost like you sit there and say, you can't tell this story. There's no way you can tell this story in one book. And there's no way you can actually tell it and and leave everyone captivated and go from there. And yet, he does it and he does it beautifully and it's just, it is absolutely amazing. It's his best novel. And again, in my opinion, it's if it's not the best novel of the 20th century, it's pretty dang close. Uh, it's it's unbelievable. And again, it's going to, I mean, you got to have some intestinal fortitude to get through it, okay? It's a long book. It's 2,200 pages. You got to have some commitment. I was, I read this in high school. And I was taking an independent reading class in high school where literally we would read for the entire class. And then once every few days, the teacher would bring us up to the desk and we'd talk about what we're reading and, you know, and so on and so forth and all these different things. And it took me like three months to read it, even with me reading for like 50 minutes a day just in that class. Never mind what I was doing outside of class. Just in that class, I was reading for like 50 minutes a day. And it still took me like three months to read this book. So it's going to take you a long time. It's a, it's a, you know, it's not a slog because I enjoyed every second of it when I read it. But, you know, it definitely takes you a long time to read it. And it's a commitment, but it's 100% worth it. And if you haven't read it, it's a necessity. You need to read it. So anyways, that's the king. For, that's, that's the king. That's the stand from Stephen King. That's, in my opinion, his number one book. But all the books that I mentioned are great. One thing I'll also say is that Joe Hill, who uh, wrote Nosferatu, who, which was a show on uh, on AMC, wrote Horns, which is a movie with uh, Harry Potter, um, you know, has some interesting books. So he actually is Stephen King's son. But similar to Richard Bachman, the whole Bachman thing, didn't want to be known for his dad. And so he writes under a pen name specifically so people won't associate him with his father. Now, he's since gone on to write some short stories with his dad. Um, and so, you know, people obviously know who he is now. But he established his name as a writer before he did those things. Um, and his work is very similar to Stephen King's, uh, to his dad's. I, there's one book in particular called The Fireman, which is just amazing. Uh, and again, it's, it's very King-esque where... There's a lot of, you know, a lot of quote-unquote scariness going on. There's some horror elements. There's some, uh, you know, apocalyptic stuff going on. There's some crazy stuff happening. But at the end of the day, it's all about kind of love and family and, the, and you know, and those kind of stories that he's telling. So, again, it's very King-like in that situation. And you can kind of see the similarities between him and his dad. And he does the same thing his dad does, which is, you know, kind of intertwine some of the, uh, some of King's universe into some of his stories, which is really interesting. So anyways, that's what I got you for you for Stephen King. Uh, again, you know, just scroll down that list. Any of those ones you try to, you know, you decide to read first. Gerald's Game I thought was great. Misery is another one that's like amazing, great movie. 
uh, as well. But, you know, another great story, which, you know, I really enjoy. Funny story about Misery. My sister got it for me for my, for my birthday one year. And I had started reading it uh, at a uh, <laughs> at a bookstore. And I said to her, I opened it up. And this is what I said to her. I'm such an asshole. I said to her, I'm like, I'm like, oh, I'm like, thank you so much. I'm like, you know, I actually started reading this one. And I, I didn't really like it that much. But, you know, I'll give it a shot. And she was so mad. She's <laughs> like, well, who says that? Because, but, you know, I did, of course, because I'm an idiot. And then, of course, I read it, and I was like, this this book is unbelievable. And so, you know, he has, I just feel like I've never read a book by King and by Bachman that was bad. Maybe I there were others that there certainly are some that I liked more than others, and there are some that I can take or leave. Tommy Knuckles, that was very good. Not amazing, but very good. The Dark Half, like, there's, there's some very good books in there, right? Um, you know, but... The thing is, is that it's just the Dead Zone, which was a, a show forever uh, on, I believe it was on USA. And so like that, but again, that's all King stuff. And so, you know, you have all these different Stephen King novels out and, and TV shows and movies and everything else. And, you know, and so there's a lot of stuff going on. But again, for me, I've never read a book of his that I didn't enjoy. Again, some of them I like better than others. Some of them I could take or leave, but I... I enjoyed every single one of them that I've ever read. And so I would say if you're into thriller, if you're into suspense, if you're into horror, if you just kind of have heard about Stephen King, obviously, and I've always kind of wanted to read a Stephen King book but never have, pick one up and read it because it's worth it and you won't regret it, I promise. So anyways, that's what I have. Uh, We're going to be back uh, hopefully next week, but we'll be back in the next week or two. We are going to update you on our fantasy movie bracket. Uh, we did have a few people join, uh, Wesley Burrow and, uh, and and Dr. Joe. We appreciate you guys, so we're going to kind of uh, get those things out there and you know let you know uh, who they picked and how people are doing and, <clears throat> excuse me, and give you an update on some of those things. So anyways, that's all I got for today. Thank you very much. Subscribe on, on, YouTube, on YouTube, on iTunes if you're not already doing that. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at armchair underscore heroes, or you can follow me at plane underscore pats. Thank you very much, and happy Halloween.